0: Assalamu everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Between Us. This is part one of a two-part series. In this part, we will be talking about being a full-time Muslim and our own journeys towards being full-time Muslims. And inshallah, part two, which will be released two weeks from today, um, we'll be talking more about salah and how we weave that into our lives. So please enjoy this really cool conversation between me and my friends, and inshallah, you enjoy um, this episode and all the other episodes and please give me any feedback. Jazakumullah khairan. For those of you who are not Muslim, um, we will be using a lot of like jargon that we use in our everyday life. Um, so salamu alaykum means peace be upon you. It's just like a way of saying hello. Inshallah means God willing. Um, it's, we basically say it like I'm doing this tomorrow inshallah. Mashallah um, uh, means like praise be to God. You say it when like you see something really nice. Subhanallah means Uh, also praise be to god i think you also say it when you see something really nice but like in a different way um it's a little bit confusing and salah means prayer and that's pretty much all you'll need to know for this episode so enjoy
1: Podcast. This is the first ever episode of Between Us. So I hope everyone will enjoy it and have a good time listening. And please give me feedback. Okay, so today we have three very special guests. The first one, going in alphabetical order, is Amber. Um, She graduated from the same school as me. She's really cool. She has like a lot of experience in like the medical field and stuff. Mashallah. So everybody make that and stuff for her um, if you're listening to this. The second one is Amira. Hi. Um, she's also super cool. She's a senior. And she's she also has a lot of experience in the medical field, so they're both like super cool people can talk about that. Thank you for having me. Uh Uh-huh. You're welcome. And thank you for being here. Um the third one is Vivian. She's been in an episode with me before. Also a really cool person. So if you listen to that episode, go listen to it right now. But um, yeah, and she's a, a doctoral student in science education, so she brings that background with her. Anyway, so we're going to like jump right into the topic, which is like being a full-time Muslim, so let's go. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our topic today is being a full-time Muslim, and I thought... You guys would be a really good group to talk about that because we all bring like a different experiences and our different backgrounds to like to the table um so like what i mean by that is like a lot of times a lot of people will just go to the masjid and once they step out they become like it's any other person but for us like we want to make sure that we're bringing our intentions and like, making sure that allah is present in everything that we do so um i i just thought that you guys would be a good group to talk about that since I think we can all bring insights into that, so who wants to start?
0: Let me let me rephrase the conversation from the
1: beginning. Vivian, I want you to- Okay,
2: wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say we could start like defining what, what it means to be a Muslim first and then seeing how that relates like what it means to be part-time. Remember Vivian, you're supposed to be confident about
0: your accomplishments and like be proud of them. Remember- look who's
2: talking, look who's talking, okay.
0: Yes, <clears throat> but I'm younger than you, so you should have that like extra years of experience where you're able to do that and I'm still like building on that, you know what I'm saying? This This is all good stuff to with you by saying I graduated and you didn't because I
2: included in the podcast. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's start by defining what it means to be a Muslim at all.
3: It's just about like believing in Allah and like trying to do what is obligatory. And I know there are some aspects that you cannot do that. It's like forbidden and all of that. But the best people are those that do the obligatory things that Allah has prescribed us. And I think For me, that has taken some type of weight off my shoulders because sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough as other people might be doing. But with the limited time that I do have, I try to fulfill all of my obligatory things that Allah has told me to do. That gives me a way to think that, oh, I'm not a horrible Muslim. I am trying to better myself. And for me, like in my field too, I think that at the end of the day, that's part of my faith as well because I want to go into medicine that goes and helps other people and I think and it's like that whole thing about like if you save one soul it's as if you have saved humanity and I think that's what I that's why I carry on to do what I do even though I might not be the perfect Muslim or I might not be a hafiz or like or anything like that as other people but for me I think helping other people isn't that a thing like you want to be helping other people you want to be helping like the orphans and like all these things that are in like Sura duha and everything like you want to be doing that stuff and so for me I think that's a major thing is that knowing that I'm not going to be a hafid maybe I mean hopefully I become but I know I'm not going to be become a hafid in this life so for me personally you I think don't that, know that. I think that um, I tried to compensate by saying like oh no the other things that I'm
4: doing are compensating for it. I I think I feel like in just an everyday life we like we like start to believe that our the environment we're in like defines us as like people we are like sometimes if you're in an environment that has a lot of drama or a lot of just a lot of people yelling at each other and it seems like the exact opposite of the type of environment that Prophet Muhammad would want for us, you feel like that defines you as a person. And then when you have a lot of baggage that you come with, it just, it starts to take a toll on you. because You're like, am I good enough to be a Muslim? Because, you know, Islam is supposed to be a religion of peace. Well, I
3: agree with this because it's like, sometimes we think it's, you need to be doing some things, but in a way, Islam is a way of life. This is our way of life. It's not just like you need to do this, this to be just a Muslim or whatever. You need to be doing this in your entire life. You need to be living this way. I think that's what the difference is. Getting to understand
2: it's a way of life, if that makes sense.
4: So is it really possible to be a part-time Muslim then, if it's a way of life?
2: I was going to say, like, that's interesting that you, what you, what you guys brought up, because I think we've come to define Muslims in a very, very technical sense. We've gone away from the spiritual aspect of what it means to be a Muslim, and then just stuck with like the strict rules. Like, this is what it means to be a good Muslim. You gotta be someone who's praying, you gotta be someone who's doing sliam, you have to be, you know, um, hijab, things like that. Like, it's all about rules. And then we just forget the spirituality of things. And I feel like if if we were to really sit with ourselves and ask ourselves what it is to be a Muslim, so it's all about your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Like, a, a Muslim is somebody who submits to God. And that is a purely spiritual concept. We're not called, we're not Mohammedans, for example. We we don't call ourselves followers of a certain man who follows a certain lifestyle, who follows certain rules. And yes, the Prophet is a great human being, but the idea is that it's our relationship with God at the end of the day. And so I feel like in a sense, it, it depends, it goes back to your choices. Like, do you want to be living your life as somebody who has like a strong connection with God, which also includes admitting to the fact that you know you're going to screw up you know you're going to be committing sins and you know that you're not perfect but at the same time that doesn't take away from your spiritual connection to God
3: definitely I think like for me the number one thing for me I had to learn about Islam is Allah said you are going to make mistakes you are going to sin if the humans didn't sin he would replace us with people who would sin and I think the basic thing is like repenting and realizing we are going to be flawed like there's no way around it we're going to have mishaps and everything but the major thing is that Allah's mercy is greater than anything that we can even imagine. So at the end of the day, but to your part, I was going to say, it's like that meme. It's like, I saw you at the club, and then the guy's like, How? He's like, You didn't see me from like the masjid window or something like that. Like, of course, you were at the club too. Yeah,
1: that meme is so funny.
3: So it was just like, you We can't be judging other people, and we need to do what we can do best. And I like Amira's point. We aren't part time Muslims, we're full time Muslims, but we just balance things differently.
0: Yeah, I think one of you guys said it earlier. It's not just about ritual worship. Now being Muslim has become so technical. But as long as you do your obligatory stuff, right, you can still earn hasanats from doing normal everyday stuff. If you wake up and you make the intention that you're eating breakfast for Allah's sakes, so that you can make it through the day so that you have enough strength to worship him, then that counts as worship also. You make the intention when you're studying that. You wanna use your degree or whatever to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that
2: counts. I think yeah. it also be we do live in a society that's really obsessed with perfection, right? And this goes like in any in every direction, but especially when it comes to like religious concept, we have this image, we have this idea of what a religious person should be like, or what a good person, a good a good believer in God should be like, that they're sinless, that they're in some saint position. Right, and that even when they do screw up, that you know the community just like comes riling at them. Like, how dare you do this? You call yourself a Muslim, and yet you do this and this and that. And I mean, like, yeah, there are certain standards to which we uphold people to who say that, you know, if, I mean, if somebody's going to be an imam or somebody's going to be like a youth leader, yeah, there are certain responsibilities and um, certain expectations that people can have of them. But to to get to the point of you you, you should have been done doing this, doing that. And like, subhanAllah, we forget that at the end of the day, these people are also human beings. So when religious people essentially screw up, and I don't mean like in the tyrannical sense, I mean, like just being human, you know, we're so quick to judge, we're so quick to jump the gun. And we just forget, like, at the end of the day, when we die, we're only going to we're going to be by ourselves in the grave. No one else is going to be there when we're being held accountable in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's all going to be the conversation between me and God. Like other people's opinions may actually not matter when I'm in that conversation. I should be worrying about that. So I think that's also like, it could be something, but.
3: I remember I, this one thing from like this show, it was like a Pakistani drama and the, the woman was just like, Oh, I, he, the husband was asking for forgiveness because he went and married someone else without her knowledge and stuff. And he was asking for forgiveness. And then she was like, I, can't forgive you because I don't have the mercy that Allah has and so I think for me that was a big point too because I don't have that capacity of forgiveness as Allah does and so as also humans I think we aren't made to be like just like forgive Allah's thing and so it can be difficult I can see why some people are so reluctant to forgive and forget as well because we don't have that type of mercy,
0: Amira, I actually specifically wanted to give you a chance if you want if you're comfortable sharing i know me and you had that conversation about what vivian was talking about about being held to impossible standards
4: mm, like mm-hmm. you're religious so. yes i i i think i had a conversation with Fatma before about this because um well first i had a comment to add about what vivian said because vivian you were talking about how when you know, community leaders um, make mistakes or like they do something that's very uncharacteristic of them. I think the reason why the community like has such a harsh reaction towards them is I feel like not because of, not because of like the image we have of them, but the fact that, people are constantly getting compared. If you think about like a husband and wife and like, sometimes a, a, a wife will go to like, a and she'll listen to it. And then she'll go home and tell her husband, why can't you be more like this man? Why can't you be more like this? This person that just gave the khutbah because he just so decent and he just he's the type of person that I want for myself. And, and that really just creates a lot of animosity towards these religious figures who just have such a a nice image to the point where you want them to mess up. I know that sounds bad. It's like, you want them to mess up just to prove that you're, you're just like them and they're just like you. And I know that's, that's like the shaitan, like kind of talking. You want, like, you're not supposed to want people to mess up, but I'm saying it's like when you're constantly being compared to these people and when they do mess up, it's like, you see, it's not like, they're not perfect. And I, that sounds really, really backwards, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, but well, for the conversation being in um, it was actually about just the fact that, um, so basically when I, when, when I went to that message for the first time, you know, trying to go to a Sunday school, I was really excited because I, when I lived in Texas before I, I was so completely away from the Dean. Like I literally barely even made my five daily prayers when I was like 12 or 13. I literally didn't. And a lot of my family members, my siblings didn't either. And so when I went to the center school, I was looking for a fresh start. And so when I eventually did go, the people there, because I was really related to Baba, they just assumed that I knew everything. So they didn't like put me into the Islamic studies classes or anything. They just went straight into right? And so... When, when that happened, I, I was really confused and lost because me and my sister and my two sisters would be in this, his class and one of my sisters like barely knew how to read because we hadn't used Arabic in so long, in like three years. And so it would be so much stress because I just wanted to, I just wanted the image that I knew what I was doing, but I really didn't. And so like, I literally did not know what I was doing. Like I just, yes, I memorized some things, but that's because I, I just like took the time to like listen to it again and again, but I was really struggling. And I also didn't have a lot of the background that everyone had, and no one, and I was too afraid to admit it because I was like, okay, they have, they already think I'm so knowledgeable of, on this type of stuff, and I couldn't get myself to say it. And then a lot of the times when I was in the masjid, like a lot of women are like, oh, when did you finish sukkah on? I'm like, I didn't. And then I'm like, I'm like, I like did not <laughs> And I didn't want to say it. And I'm just like, guys, like I would literally be so stressed out. I'm like, no one asked. And so it got to the point where I like didn't want to go to the message. I'm like, I don't because like I, I hate to say this, but like sometimes I would like literally would be like, I'm almost done. Like I literally had to lie about it because they were like, because if I didn't, they would like look, look at me in such a like, I don't know how to describe the way they looked at me, but it was like, they, like, the- like it was so condescending. Oh, like your father, he, he memorized the Quran, he's leading us, but you don't like you don't have this memorized or like you don't know this or that. And so I just eventually I just stopped going to the measure because of that because it just was not fun or fresh at all because I don't have to I don't want to have to pretend that I know something just so people don't you know <laughs> treat me a certain way and so when I like became friends with my one of my closest friends it's like the way that she like was Muslim in her life wasn't so technical like Vivian was saying she, it wasn't like about how much Quran she knew or how much like Hadith she had memorized it was like every day the way that she would act and the way that she would just like carry herself was so was like the definition of Islam that I knew because like when I like go into like YouTube videos and like I watch like these halakas on my own and I get this warm and fuzzy feeling about what Islam is that's how she would hold herself right not like the way not like the judgmental way that I'd see at the masjid where people characterizing someone's Islam based on how much they know rather than how much they apply what the little that they do know, because yes, like a lot of people might have, might carry a lot of knowledge in them, but that does not necessarily mean that they are like the best Muslim or that they are the definition of the full-time Muslim. Because I, to me being a full-time Muslim, is just like every day being grateful for like every single barakah that Allah has given you and just constantly making dhikr and like, just even the little like, even though like the little like dhikr that you do, like just saying inshallah or like subhanallah, at like just looking at like the trees or the flowers, I feel like appreciating those things are just the definition of being a muslim and like just the way you like treat your family and the way that you treat your friends and the relationships you make those are like those are like the defining features of a muslim and yes the knowledge is really important because it's one of you know the things that we are required to do in this dunya but it's not like the one it's not the the only thing that we should be characterizing like our you know muslim peers for yeah well, i want
0: to say something about that um vivian you did it with me the knowledge intensive right and one of the shiyuh, i forgot who was talking about that, how in today's world, we put so much emphasis on knowledge. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it at the column Intensive?
2: There was something similar to that. I was actually going to comment also on, on uh, something from the Qalem Institute, but
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. So he, he was one of the shuyuh was saying how in today's world, we put so much emphasis on how much someone knows versus people from older generations, like maybe our grandparents or whatever. They were all very poor, so they didn't have the resources and the access to knowledge and even without that knowledge, they were still so much more pious than we were because their Islam was based on what they did and like how they treated others, versus like where, and especially in America, there's all these institutes and everyone learns stuff. And when you see someone with a lot of knowledge, you're like, oh my God, they're such a great Muslim, but it's just that they have had like more time or whatever to study. I'm not saying that they're not, but also it shouldn't be how much knowledge you have, it should be by your actions. And that's not even for us to judge because we only see what's on the outside. Know allah what knows what's on the inside of everybody but yeah um i agree i also have a similar story as amira except i wasn't the
3: sheikh's daughter <laughs> um so when i moved here i didn't have like a good islamic background like in pakistan either like it was just like the case of oh you just have this qadi coming home and then you just like read the quran to him and then he says okay you're good you continue so i did that i came here like i was the i think My sister used to have a hard time, but I didn't have a hard time reading the Quran. But it was just like a thing like you just do it. That's it. Like, cool. You're done with everything. And so when I moved here, we went to Sunday school. That Sunday school wasn't that great either. I mean, I remember like I didn't know how to pray properly. And like I was in like maybe fourth or fifth grade. And my mom went up to the person who was like in charge. And he's like, she was like, are you going to teach my kids how to pray? And they're like, well, you should be teaching them. And then my mom was like, what are we paying you for? Like, I get like, we should be doing that too. But like, what are you doing? And then I think like around like sixth or seventh grade, or maybe eighth grade, stopped going to the Sunday school because I wasn't getting that information because I didn't have like that foundation. Like they were just like piling stuff on top on me and my sister, but we didn't have that foundation to understand like, oh, what is actually happening? And we never like prayed outside, like only like Sunday school, we would go and pray like Jamaat and that like, that's it. And then later on in life through high school, like I didn't have like a good foundation either my mom would be like hitting us to go pray like Jumma and all this stuff and like we didn't want to me and my sister used to like hide in the bathroom so we didn't have to like it was like that crazy that we stayed away from islam for so long and then i'm not like clinically diagnosed but i like to diagnose myself as like i got like <laughs> depression or something when i went into like college or something and then like i was like i need to get a fresh start i need to like figure out my life like even though i was so successful my first year of college I still didn't feel like anything and so I went out of my way to go like oh maybe I should like get involved in MSA or something like that and that's where I met Vivian so I met Vivian and like that's where and I I knew her for like two years before I actually started to get into Islam and stuff and so for me it was like oh Vivian's going to go pray why aren't I doing it like and, and then I would just accompany her just as somebody who was just following like okay let me just go pray as well and then afterwards it was like a couple more other friends and like all of this stuff like let me just go do this and then I was like why can't I do this and then I started to learn more and like I used to go to these halakas and I used to go at the khutbas and I was like oh my god I'm missing out on like real stuff like knowledge and all of this stuff and Islam isn't supposed to be hard it's easy and if we just do the bare minimum it would be the it would help us at the end of the day. And then actually, that's like when my grades actually started to fall too. not gonna like like before I actually became like a Muslim, <laughs> I like to say, is that I my grades were soaring. And then as soon as I turned Muslim, all my grades started to fall. And it never occurred to me, Oh, my God, is this because of because I'm spending too much time or like I'm spending this time for like, not studying or like whatever it was but I never felt icky about it you know how when you do it you would feel guilty like oh I'm doing this more so now my grades are falling or whatever but I never felt that way ever and so I think for me that was because I built that foundation my first and second year with Vivian and my other friends and just learning about oh this will actually help me in the long run even though it doesn't help me right now So that's how I feel about it. I think that's my story to Islam. I wasn't Muslim and then I became Muslim in college.
2: Sister Amber, sorry for this interjection. (laughs) But (laughs) um, I remember because we also even had this discussion too about like when your grades are falling, you're like, why Like, am am I doing something wrong? Is God mad at me? Like why? I'm like, I'm trying to become a better Muslim and now my my grades are going down. Um, But like, I think like even at that, like we were talking about, like you were saying how like God is trying to test your sincerity right like it was like okay I'm, I'm trying I'm, tra- I'm starting on this right track and now Allah's trying to see if like if I'm gonna dip right afterwards or something I remember we had some sort of conversation after that but I do want you to talk about your hijab story actually
0: yeah we were talking about that too like me and you because like after I came back from Umrah, I had a really rough time and then you said like Allah's testing you see how sincere your Umrah was and I was like oh interesting okay but yeah then yeah hijab story
3: I mean, my hijab story is just that I always wanted to do it because my mom did it. But then I never had that encouragement from my family, I feel like, to do this because it was just like, you pray five times. It's cool. You're good enough. Continue with your life. You don't have to do it. And then I was like, no, I can't continue my life like this because I want to. Well, for me personally, this is how my whole thing started. It was when Trump got elected. And I was thinking, I wanted to show that I'm Muslim. I don't even like yes Allah has told us to do it and that is the major reason but I also wanted to show other people that I was Muslim and I started to get more confident and I swear when I put on my hijab I got more confident than I was before and I would think that it would be otherwise like the whole it would be turned around or whatever but it wasn't well it started with me coming back from Pakistan that summer and I was wearing it all throughout Ramadan too whenever I would be going out and then Vivian and I had a bet that if She stopped eating haram as in like not Zabia halal food I would put on the hijab. It was just like a little joke thing that we we were doing. But at the end of the day, it was just me trying to showcase that I'm Muslim. And it helped me as a reminder to better myself and become a better Muslim too. I remember we had this tea time at at school and it was just talking about like our hijab. And for me, the major reason is that it just reminds me, oh, I need to go pray. If I have forgotten to pray, if I'm outside and I see another hijabi, I'm just like, oh, I didn't read Fajr or something today. I need to go do that. I didn't read my Quran today. I need to go do that. So for me, it's a reminder, but also to showcase to other people that I'm Muslim, especially in this era.
2: The thing is, like the reason why I love like her journey for hijab, because it kind of it just shows the essence of like the reason why it was ordained in the first place. You know, like there's a spiritual aspect behind hijab that is beyond The technical definition like I don't know like it bothers me when certain shiyukh go ahead and just compare a woman without hijab to like a lollipop without a wrapper versus (laughs) a lollipop with a wrapper and so like that's that's their value that's why hijab is valued in the culture and I mean like When you look at the reason why those ayahs were revealed to begin with, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did ask for Muslim women to wear hijab, it was because of her preservation. It was because of her, it was like a a physical manifestation that she belonged to God and wasn't an object of man's desires that they should just be looking at. And it's like her spiritual connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's like separating her from the society or societal expectations. I should say, of what, you know, men tend to define the value of women as. And I just feel like if people, when it comes, and I'm I'm bringing this up because the idea of like a technical Muslim, the idea of like, you know, being or identifying yourself as a Muslim because you're able to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, you could be doing X, Y, and Z. You could be like a walking version of what somebody would think a companion would look like, right? Right but still have no spirituality inside. And we're not saying like either or, we're not saying like, you. I don't want to be also on the extreme end to say that you could be a good Muslim, but not do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks you to do. Because this is also another, like this is a stretch of the argument where people are like, I'm a good person. I don't pray, but I'm still a good person. I mean, like, yeah, you can be a good person, but the idea of being a Muslim, of having that like, Strong intimate connection with your creator. If you love your right, and so you and you wouldn't make that kind of excuse. You wouldn't say, "Well, I mean, God loves me the way I am." Yeah, of course, God created and loves you the way you are. But, I mean, if your parents that you love and adore so greatly, you know, don't like a certain thing, you're not going to do it in spite of them and be like, "Oh, but my parents are going to love me anyways." You know, it's just like that. It's just like it's something that you do out of your love your your love to god
0: so that brings us to the end of this episode please stay tuned for the second episode inshallah which will be released two weeks from now um and will be a part two continuation of this conversation i really hope you enjoyed this podcast Jazakumullah khairan for listening and of course jazakumullah khairan to my amazing guests for joining me on this podcast um please make dua for all of their tawfiq and inshallah um, I will talk to you guys in the next episode, part two. Stay tuned for that. It's about salah. Alaikum. <laughs>